0: I want you to feel empowered and inspired to be, well, different. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Directly Different. Today I'm so excited to share my conversation with Christine Nacke. Christine is a boy mom from Ohio, and she has been with Epicure for just one year, but has seen so much success in just a short time. Christine also shares her journey from full-time corporate engineer to full-time direct seller. You'll be so inspired hearing about her journey and where it has taken her in the last several years she shares what has worked, what hasn't worked, and tons of advice in between. I know you'll love getting to know her as much as I loved chatting with her. Enjoy. Hi, Christine. Thank you so much for being my guest this week. It's so great to meet you and chat with you today. How are you?
1: I am great. Thank you so much for the invitation, Tiffany. I am so excited to hang out with you and your guests this week and just share a little bit. Um, But yeah, things are going well. The weather's getting better in Ohio. It's warm. It's beautiful. Enjoying the sunshine.
0: Yes. Same here in Michigan. I am loving it. And I don't know if it's here to stay. Cause you know how the Midwest states are, <laughs> we get a little tease and then, but we are ready for summer in our house. That is for sure. So to start off, tell me a little bit or tell us, tell the listeners a little bit about you and your family.
1: Yeah, sure. So as I said, we are from Ohio. I lived in the suburbs of Cincinnati and uh, I have a husband whose name is Chris. And like we were talking a little bit when my family says Chris, we both just turn. So we're known as the Chrises. but we've been <laughs> married for almost 13 years and have three really cute little boys and they are really the reason why I got into direct sales. Um, also, the other fun fact about my family is that I come from a family of like restaurant owners. So food is like in our blood. But the crazy part is I didn't even learn how to cook until college and I did it out of necessity. So it is like whew, loving food, but not something that I was ever actually good at initially. I
0: remember in college, that reminds me I had, I'm sure you did too. I had a hot pot. Well, I think everybody had a hot pot. Remember those things?
1: (laughs) I love those.
0: Yes. You'd plug it in, boil up some water, make some ramen. (laughs) It was so (laughs) collegey. but that's so funny. So you probably didn't learn how to cook because everybody else cooked for you. I'm sure that's probably how it went.
1: (laughs) Exactly. There was no reason for me to cook. They could do it better than me. I was just like, whatever you guys can cook. It's all
0: good. So when you say that they were in the restaurant industry, um, were they restaurant owners or, uh, what, what's the, what's the background there?
1: They were. Yeah, so um my family has owned a lot of Chinese restaurants in the area. Um they were some of the like pioneers of like takeout Chinese food. They were kind of before their times actually because they served stuff on paper plates back when people were still doing dine in, you know, fine china and stuff like that. So, um yeah, we've we've had quite a few restaurants in the family and uh it's been really fun to just watch them in that industry. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, if I had to choose one cuisine for the rest of my life to only ever eat that ever again, it would definitely be Asian food. I love it so much. I love takeout. Oh my goodness. It's the best ever. It tastes so good. Always tastes good. It always hits the spot. (laughs) I am. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Chinese food, Japanese food. Love it. Oh man. So how, tell us how you got started in the direct sales industry.
1: Sure. So Like most people, there was someone that introduced me to a business. They were like, oh my gosh, you are expecting a kid and I bet you're going to need some help with food. And so my neighbor reached out to me and was like, hey, would you like to host a freezer meal workshop? And I was like, I don't know. What is it? And so I, she talked to me about it a little bit and I was like, oh yeah, that sounds like fun. Like I can get some friends and family together. So I started out as, as a host and really enjoyed the food and was like taking pictures of it because I had a blog and stuff. And of course, you know, being a great direct salesperson, my neighbor is like, have you ever thought about joining my team? And I was like, heck no, I don't want to join your team. I have a corporate career. I'm busy. I have kids. No, I don't want to do that. Um, And she just kind of stayed on me, not in an annoying way, but in a way where she was providing great customer service. And she just kept planting the idea in my head until one day, finally, I was like, yes. Okay. Why not? I am actually already sharing the food, so I might as well get paid for it and do something fun. That's awesome.
0: Oh my goodness. So do you remember some of the meals that you made at that workshop?
1: You know, it's funny because they have been popping up on my memories now. So oh. this was like seven years ago that oh my I had goodness. this first experience. Yeah. And, or maybe eight, I'm not even sure. But yeah, I did some like um, Jamaican jerk skewers and I did like fun, fun tilapia on the grill. So it was definitely a really delicious food. And like I said, I didn't realize it, but I was already sharing it for her and like referring all these people. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe you have a point. Maybe I should look into this.
0: Yes. And the saying is true. If you don't take a picture of it, then you, it didn't happen. So (laughs) So, did it really even happen if you didn't
1: document it and put it on social media? (laughs) That's
0: right. That's right. So good. I'm glad you have those memories to look back on from when you first started your journey. So you were introduced to this company because, uh, you know, you were pregnant and you needed you had a need where you needed food that was ready quickly and easy and healthy. And so you were introduced to the company through that. So I love that about direct sales, how it helps solve problems. I just love that so much. So you mentioned that you had a corporate career. So tell us about the transition. So did you, did you quit your job or did you stay working or what happened there? I guess if you were pregnant, you probably, maybe you stayed, started staying at home. What happened with that transition?
1: Yeah. So my corporate career was an interesting journey. I was actually an R&D engineer at a Fortune 50 company for 12 years. I had a really successful career there, Um, actually have some patents under my name even, and uh, just really genuinely enjoyed my job there. But after I had kids, like so many moms, I feel like, um, I just started feeling this intense tension between being around for my family and and being there for those small moments, as well as doing my job to the capacity that I knew I was able to do and that people kind of had come to expect of me there. Um, So I near, in the last like two or three years of my career there, ended up dropping down to part-time. And that was really going to be my plan was just to stay there part-time up until, um, you know, my kids were in school and I could get back up to full-time. But life never really happens the way that you expect and plan. And, um, you know, the company was starting to downsize. Mm. And so out of nowhere, literally just, you know, wasn't expected at all. My entire department practically was offered in voluntary separation packages And so I was like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Like I'm doing really well. Everyone that I knew was very shocked by this. Um, And they let me know, you know, it's not at all because of your performance or anything like that. It's just a matter of the times that we were living in. And so um, that really just shocked my system and made me reevaluate what was going on in my life and what I really wanted. And for a long time, I fought it. I was like, you know what, I really love my career. I want to keep trying to do both. And so I did my best to try to find something, but there were so many people in the same position that uh, eventually I was just like, you know what, let's just do this. Let's just take a leap of faith because I did have a direct sales business at that time. And let's just see what happens. I'll, I'll just take this package. I'll try out my direct sales business as a full-time opportunity and worst-case scenario if it doesn't work out, I can go find another job afterwards. And so I'm really glad that that happened in a way because I never would have thought to take the leap into doing direct sales full-time otherwise. And when I left at the time, like of course I was a little bummed because I I love my career, but I also love the freedom and flexibility that came from doing direct sales and all these small moments that I was missing. I was just like really blown away by how much more present I could be by actually doing, um, you know, staying at home instead.
0: I feel similarly. And I just, I worked part-time before staying home and <laughs> I know that it was hard for me to, you know, embraced the idea of being a full-time home mom. And this is before I joined direct sales. But when I started, when I joined direct sales and then started, you know, seeing success with that, I still bless their hearts. I still have coworkers who I'm very good friends with still to this day. And they'll say, Hey, when your kids are, you know, in school full-time, would you consider coming back? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just the flexibility and the freedom, like you mentioned is so it's priceless. You can't, you know, and just the being with your family. And being able to work your business when you want to, where you want to is, yeah, you can't put a price on that and it cannot be replaced. And so I love that you had that experience too. And like you said, that would have been a really, that would have been really hard to just walk away from your career. you know, uh, voluntarily, but because it was, you know, all right, this is your choice. You can either leave or leave. (laughs) So that was great that it kind of pushed you out and had you try. And I, and I know actually last week's episode, I talked to Lynn Bardowski and she mentioned that she said, you almost have to burn your bridges (laughs) because if you want it to work, you have to Burn your bridges. So that way you have no, like you can't turn back and, you know, go back. But like you said, there's always the direct sales industry is great because you can always, you always have that option of, well, Hey, if this does not work, it's okay because it's not the end of the world and I can just find something else. And it's really easy to transition to something else from that too. So that's great. I love that you had such a positive experience with that, that transition. So You started working your direct sales business. Did you see success right away or did it take a while to build up to where, you know, you felt comfortable or tell us about your journey after that?
1: Yeah. So, um, if we're starting with the very first company, you know, the seven years ago thing that truly was just a hobby. I was just there because I wanted the product discount. And like I said, I was, I love to share food. So people just kind of asked me about it. I didn't really build a business there at all. And when they changed the activity minimums, I was like, okay, peace. Like I don't actually need this. I was still working. Um, my second, so this is actually my fourth direct sales company. I should mention that my second company, I just loved the product too. And accidentally started building a team. So that's when I got exposed to, oh my gosh, like there is actually a real income potential here. Um, and then I, I was kind of seeing the writing on the walls with that company, not really liking, um, kind of the, the growth that they were having because it was just not sustainable for them and decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to step aside, do a, a something else and was looking for another opportunity. Um, decided, you know what, let's do this up and coming company. It was brand new, didn't really have any base yet. And so I was like, okay, I know that by getting in early, you can build a team easier and all that good stuff. But the problem with that company was they lacked the, the vision and the um, business opportunity aspects because you know, they went through I think four CEOs or something like that in my eighteen months with them, and it was just like they just didn't know what they were doing. So I walked away from that too because so I was like, okay, I don't really see a future here, right? Um, so that led me to my fourth company and how I discovered Epicure was just that I knew I wanted to be part of something that was not totally saturated yet. But I had learned from that time that I also didn't want a completely ground floor opportunity because it doesn't mean that they know what they're doing. <laughs> so with Epicure, I was like, okay, this is the best of both worlds. They've been in business in Canada for 24 years. They have systems in place. They have been having consistent growth year on year. And it's also a white space opportunity in the U.S. There's only 4,000 consultants in the entire U.S. And pretty much nobody has heard of it. Like even to this day, a year later, I'm just like, no one has heard of us. This is great. I can be the one to introduce people to this and help them um, just eat good food real fast and, and make meals easily at their own home. Yes. I'm a huge fan of Epicure. That is for sure.
0: And what I love too about Epicure is that it's consumable. And I think that's really important when you are not saying that people can't be successful if there's a company that does not have a consumable product, but when you have You can establish a, a, a very profitable reorder business when you are with a company that has consumable products that people need to come back to you and reorder time after time. And they will, because it's so good. I know we just tried the Mac and cheese recently and I'm like, all right, that's going to be a regular order for me because it's so tasty and just so different than, you know, the regular Mac and cheese you'd buy at the store. So yeah, huge fan.
1: For sure. And I have to say my other companies were not consumables. And that's where I was like, okay, like people can only buy so many of these um, versus like you said, even in the short year time that I've been with Epicure, a lot of my business has started to become repeat customers because it is such a delicious product that are like, Oh, my family actually eats this. It was easy for me to do, which saves me time and allows me to actually like enjoy life instead of slaving away in the kitchen. And so yeah, people love it and they come back and it makes my job easier and it makes their job easier in, in the kitchen.
0: It's true. I can attest to this. These are quick meals. You just put them together. They take 20, 30 minutes to put together most of them. And it's, it's delicious results for sure. All right. So let's talk more about Epicure. So how have you helped others? You know, you kind of mentioned it, but how have you helped others, you know, be more confident in the kitchen with Epicure products?
1: Yeah. So, um, a lot of people that come to me are busy moms, like you and I, where they're just like totally stressed out and they've made 10, million meals over the last year during the pandemic right and so a lot of people are in meal ruts or they are just like man it would be so much easier now that restaurants are open to go get takeout or to go and actually sit in a restaurant Um, but what I have been able to do is give them a way to make healthy meals that are delicious, that are allergen friendly, that are health conscious and, um, do so in 20 minutes, like you said, without breaking the bank, because I think that's the other tension that we moms have a lot is like we feel bad, like taking the night off and getting because I'm like, Oh man, that's full of salt. That's full of sugar. Like that really isn't the best thing for my kid to be eating. Um, but now at least I can help people not have to make that trade off.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. They're simple ingredients, real ingredients. I appreciate that so much about Epicure. It makes it, the homework is done for you, which I love that. All right. So you started in Epicure or you started with Epicure like you said, just a year ago, that is so crazy. And so of course this year has been a very different year (laughs) for everybody. So do you think that 2020 and everything that it has brought, do you think that that helped you get to get off to a strong start because people were, you know, avoiding restaurants, restaurants were closed, you know, they were eating more at home, spending more time at home with their families. Do you think that contributed a lot to your growth this year?
1: So I would say that it's been a double-edged sword. The interesting thing about Epicure, unlike a lot of the other direct sales businesses I've come across, was that prior to the pandemic, pretty much all of their classes were in person. They were very, very old school, believing in the power of relationships and just getting together and enjoying food, like they're natural things to do together. Um, So the pandemic was interesting because it forced people in the company that had been here for 20 plus years to think about how they could continue running their businesses because everything like you said was locked down like we literally weren't leaving our houses so um the nice part was it it allowed the company and the reps to pivot and they did an excellent job by the way of providing like support of like how do you even do online because a lot of these people didn't even have social media presences at the time um but Yeah. So we we jumped online. That's actually how I started hearing more about Epicure was because now people were starting to talk about it on social. Um, And so that was great because it got more exposure. You got to places that you probably wouldn't otherwise, because in-home parties, you really can only work within a certain radius. But the downside to working in a pandemic is you can't taste the product, right? And with it being so brand new to the U.S., it's not like other companies where you're just like, oh, well, I know that company, I know that brand, I'll just, you know, buy whatever because I know I love it already. Well, with Epicare, people didn't know anything about it, so it was taking a bit of a risk. Um, We do, of course, have a 90-day product guarantee, but still, people are like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what you're inviting me to. I don't know what to expect. Um, So it is a double-edged sword, but I would say more than anything that it did help during the pandemic just because of the sheer exposure that comes with online um, party formats.
0: Mm -hmm. And everybody loves an easy button and shopping online is so easy and they can have, you know, a week's worth or two weeks worth or a month's worth of dinners done (laughs) in a couple of clicks. So that is such a bonus and that I I can see why it would be a double-edged sword. And I love hearing about all these companies that have pivoted so well during this time. And I just appreciate all of them. So shout out to your, to anyone's company who (laughs) just really supported their consultants during this, this last year. So your Facebook group is awesome. (laughs) So tell us more about your Facebook, Facebook group and what you offer in it and how you run your business through that group. I feel like you do it. I feel like you do it very well. And I feel like you do it very intentionally too. So tell us more about how you run your Facebook group.
1: Yeah, sure. So my Facebook group, I treat it like a community. Like when people are in there, it's like welcoming into my home. I literally tell them when I go live, like welcome to my virtual kitchen. I wish that you could be here in person with me. Like hopefully when we're we're able to locals will be able to come back and, and uh come spend time with me in person but until then welcome to my virtual kitchen right and so it is a place where um i hope that people feel like they are welcome and they are kind of hanging out together sometimes when i go live people like say hi to each other right and so it really isn't just about me it's about this entire community of of women and there are men in there too um that have joined together around the common cause of wanting to eat healthier food, easier food, um, get recipe ideas and just kind of do life together.
0: Having a community and building that community that is so priceless because that is where, you know, like you said, people come to learn new things and to get value from you and, you know, a bonus maybe to buy some products from you. And so I love that, that idea behind it in building a community versus just trying to sell to people. Okay. So I'd asked you some questions about what has worked for you in your business and what hasn't worked. So one thing that you said has worked for you is three-way sponsoring calls. And I I know that I was introduced to my company through a three-way call. And so I know they're effective because here I am five years later, (laughs) maybe not only because of that call, but that call inspired me to just jump in and try it and give it a try. So tell us about your three-way sponsoring call and how it has been so effective for building your team and your business
1: yeah um so i am with you three-way sponsoring calls they are super effective but they are intimidating you know like people are Just like, I don't know. I don't want to jump on the phone. That sounds like too much of a commitment, yada, 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 right? Um, But they work. And I feel like when our team understands that this is just a part of the process and to trust the system, that's how they're so effective. It also is a great way for me to serve the person that I'm talking to because everyone is so different. They all have different stories. They all have different reasons that they are thinking about joining, they all have different concerns. And so by By having this um, this call set up, you're having a true dialogue with them and. able being able to ask the questions and then just like shutting up and letting them tell their story. And as they're telling the story, I love to do video three-way calls rather than just voice, because one thing I have noticed is that nonverbals are so important. Like if you are on a video with them, you might like see something, you'll see them like hesitate or react to something you're saying. And that gives me more clues on what is like really potentially holding them back or what they're really concerned about, or maybe, um, just, you know, making that dialogue easier for them to, um, ask those questions and get the information they need. Because at the end of the day, that's all the three-way call is about is to make sure that they feel like they have the information so that they can make the decision because it's not about me, you know, it's just, do they feel like this is a good fit for them? If not, that's okay. And we move on. Yes. I'm very big individual cues
0: too, which is why we're on zoom, <laughs> which is why the video doesn't go anywhere because I like it as a conversational thing, but I'm not going to do anything with the video, but like you said, it's, you can tell so much more when you can see the person's face and when you can see what's, you know, maybe really going through their head. So yeah, that's a really good tip to do a video call versus just a voice call. And like you said, it can be so intimidating and people can shy away from that, but when they do it, I think they're more invested too because they're, Definitely. yeah, they're, they're like, okay, I'm making this small commitment to a call, a video call. And then you can kind of see like, okay, they're, they're, they really want to learn more. They really are invested in the potential that this opportunity has. Great advice too to just marry the process and divorce the result.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, sometimes they don't sign up and that's okay. But at least with the call, I'm not playing messenger tag or something like that. Like I know by the end of the call, I have a gut feel of where they stand, whether or not they are going to join the team either now, or maybe at a later date, or maybe they are just going to become a hostess and try that first, or maybe they're just a customer. So it really does do a really effective job of Funneling people to wherever it's going to serve them best within my business opportunity. Um, the other thing I didn't mention and love about three-way calls too, though, is that it helps with duplication. So when I do these calls, it's with people that maybe are new to sponsoring or not comfortable with sponsoring yet. And so as they listen to me, they actually get like on on the job training. Right? They're listening to the words I use. They're listening to common objections that people have, and they usually figure this out themselves. They're like, Oh, it seems like people just kind of have the same concerns over and over and over again, or the same commonly asked questions over and over and over again. So it allows them to kind of build that confidence and that word bank and the expertise so that eventually they can duplicate the same process on their own and become more self-sufficient. And then when they bring people in to teach them to do the same thing.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. When a system is duplicatable, then you will grow bigger and faster because people realize how simple it is and that they can do it too. And that is a common fear with newer consultants is they're like, I'm new. I don't know what to say. Well, then they have you right there to guide them along. And you know, you, they listen to what you have to say and then they, you know, take that and tweak it and copy it for the next time. So I love that advice too. Okay. So something that you had mentioned that hasn't worked for you when we chatted before is text message, host coaching. And I know host coaching. Oh my goodness. I, man, that's like a whole (laughs) category in and of itself. You can, you can have the same exact party template or whatever you might use. And, you know, two different hostesses with completely two different outcomes, because it it may be not even necessarily host coaching, but the hosts themselves, but the host coaching is part of that. And so, um, tell us more about this, this
1: text message host coaching and why you think it didn't work for you. Yeah. Um, You're absolutely right though, Tiffany. Like a lot of times I feel like host coaching is more so the host rather than the process, but um, earlier this season, so we, we have three seasons in Epicure a year. I decided I would change my process and just see if maybe text messaging, coaching might be a better way to go. My thought process at the time was I wanted to meet people where they were already and make it as easy as possible for them. And I'm like, you know what? People are always on their phones. They're always texting versus messenger, which was how I was previously communicating. They may not have messenger on their phone, or they might not be checking those very often or frequently. And so I was like, let me try text messages. And what I found was that um, even though people are on their phones all the time, for whatever reason, they weren't necessarily responding those to those, right? They were getting them, and then I was just like, "Are you getting this? Like, can you respond and make sure that you're getting it? Because I want to make sure you get all of my best tips and tricks so that we can make sure that you have the best tools for success." And I just wasn't getting anything, so I was like, "Hmm, maybe this isn't this isn't right because." I just don't know. Are they getting it? Are they reacting? Like, is this helpful? Um, and eventually, what I found out in talking to one of my hostesses that used it and um, was, was checking things out, she was just like, I just felt like it was too much. And so, I don't know necessarily that it was the text messaging per se, but maybe it was like too much communication because it is meeting them where they're at versus if I sent it in a messenger or an email or something like that, it was more passive and they could just consume it when they wanted to. So it was like, I wanted to drive urgency, but maybe the timing wasn't right for them or something. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so funny because I would have thought the same exact thing as you that, okay, well, everyone's checking text messages and, you know, I have, but I know what you mean too. people I'll send out, you know, I I use project broadcast, maybe use something similar to that. I don't know, but I use project broadcast. And so I'll, you know, schedule a text and it'll go out to, you know, 10 different people and I'll have maybe two people respond. And that's actually kind of good. That's a good response. And so I know what you mean by, Oh yeah, everyone's going to respond to this. And then crickets. (laughs) Did you get that message? Oh yeah, I totally, I got the message, but I just didn't respond. Why? I don't know. So, um, would you share, would you mind sharing with us a little bit about what you do? Like, what are your tips for host coaching? Even if, did you go back to messenger then?
1: Uh, So I decided I would give it the full season, but i probably, am going to go back to a combination of messenger. And actually before this, I was using a Facebook group because one thing I always try to do is simplify my systems and you know, you're copying and pasting the same message over and over and over in, in a text, right. Versus uh, the Facebook group, I was able to just have whatever coaching it was for the day and tag them on that and say, when you're done, like. Just let me know how things are progressing or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do quite yet. I have to think about it.
0: That's a genius idea to have a Facebook group and then have different posts, you know, kind of already in there. Is that what you mean? And you would just tag them like, oh, this is your day three. So this is what you do here.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, the start of each class I'll add in the hosts for the week and then, uh, tag them, like I said, on the daily tasks and at the end, I clean them out and it's reset for the next group. Oh, that is a genius tip. Oh my goodness. I might have to incorporate that. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So
0: with your host coaching, do you, what have you found has been the most effective things that your hostesses do that drive best results for parties?
1: For sure, it is that personal connection because like we already talked, it's all about relationships. And as the consultant, her friends, I don't have a relationship with them yet. So I am relying on the host to bridge that gap um, either by you know privately reaching out to them themselves or my favorite part is actually when they set me up with a three-way message, just like when we're talking about the business opportunity and doing a three-way call, the three-way message with a guest is basically, um, for online anyway, the equivalent of an in-class party where she is taking me around the room and introducing me to her friends. And so, um, you know, it's, it's all about that personal connection, whether the host is building it or she's helping me to start fostering a new relationship with her friends and family. That is always the like make or break. I feel like for a successful cooking class or a successful party.
0: Very good. Yes, the personal connection. So so important. I feel like sometimes (laughs) even saying it, mentioning it, going over it a couple times, several times with hosts is, you know, they still do the mass inviting, which um I still haven't figured out a good way, (laughs) you know, a a more direct way to say it. I guess maybe I'm just saying it too nicely. And so they're like, eh, I don't have to listen to that, but (laughs) I feel like when you when they don't take that extra step of the personal connection to, you know, the event and to, you know, hello friend. I want, I want you to come to this class, you know, versus like you get a notification and your notifications, you know, the so-and-so has invited you to a group. I feel like when they take that extra step to personally invite those guests, you could have five people in that group and they're going to be so invested and so engaged, you know, versus 55 people who, you know, don't pay attention to anything because they're not, they're not connected to, to the party for any reason. So, Yeah, that's a, that's such a great
1: tip that uh, is sometimes hard to, to convey to hostesses, but it sounds like you're doing an amazing job doing it. One thing that I tell my hostesses is I try to relate everything back to an in-person party. And I tell them, if you send a mass invite, it's basically the equivalent of going and kidnapping your friends and then bringing them to wherever you want them to go. Right. And then if they don't talk to them again, they just let me do all the talking and that's it. It's like locking them in a room with a stranger and then like leaving, right? Like funny for themselves. So that usually kind of makes it click in their mind. Like, oh yeah, I probably wouldn't do that in person. And so I always related to like, don't do online what you wouldn't do in person. And and they kind of get it.
0: Yes. Yes. Nobody wants to be kidnapped. Nobody wants to be locked in a room (laughs) as nice as you are. Nobody wants to be locked in a room with another person. That's for sure. (laughs) So what would you say to somebody? So you have a background, a corporate background. You loved your job. Sometimes people leave corporate jobs because they hate their lives. You know they they're miserable. That wasn't your case. You loved what you did, and you know you had really no choice in getting out. But what would you say to somebody who is maybe contemplating that change, and you know isn't really sure? Should I? Should I try direct sales? Should I try work from home job? What is your advice to somebody listening that might be contemplating that career change?
1: Yeah, I mean the biggest advice I have is just to try it, right? What's the worst that can happen? There really is no harm in trying. And, um, even if you weren't forced, like I was in a way, it can't hurt to try because we like to be comfortable, right? We don't want to do hard things. And this business isn't the easiest. Being an entrepreneur is quite hard. We have really, really high days. We have really, really low days versus a corporate career is really secure for the most part, right? We know we're going to get paid once a week or once a month, however often you get paid and you know how much money you're going to make. But the downside is it's like, golden handcuffs, right? I was making six figures, but it was at the expense of the freedom that that I now experience. And so um, just give it a try, see what happens. And if you hate it, or you decide, I'm not cut out for this, you can always go back, but you you're not going to get that chance again to really see what you can do and have your um, full potential unless you go all in. And like you were saying earlier, burn those bridges, because when you do that, you really are like, oh, my gosh, if I don't do this, then what am I going to do? Like you are 100 percent invested and you're going to try that much harder because you have said all chips in. let's do this.
0: It can be scary, but if it's not scary, then it, maybe it's not worthy of pursuing. Right. So it should be scary. It shouldn't be, you know, like you said, it shouldn't be too comfortable. Let's not get too comfortable. Spice things up. Right. (laughs) In life. All right. So for somebody who may have never heard of Epicure, what are some of your top favorites that everybody needs to try?
1: So number one must have is the multi-purpose steamer. I call it the magic box. It is the reason we are able to make to ready meals in 20 minutes or less. And when I first saw it, I was super skeptical because this girl made chicken fajitas in it and it took like six minutes or whatever. And I'm looking at her doing this online and I'm like, no way, I'm not gonna microwave my meat. That's gonna be dry. It's gonna taste disgusting and whatever. And when I did it, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is the best chicken fajita I've ever had in my life. Like, I can't imagine cooking food any other way because it is so easy, such a time saver. And it really is quite delicious and the texture is amazing too. Um, So everyone needs a multi-purpose steamer and uh, even if you don't use the microwave you can still use it as like a casserole dish or we have other amazing cookware as well. Um, Speaking of my other favorite tool is our sheet pan liner and that thing is awesome. You can use it to make like roll cakes. You can use it to bake cookies. You can use it in place of foil on top of your casserole dishes. You can make chocolate bark. You can do so many things with this. And then as with all of our silicone bakeware, it just is so much easier to clean because that's the other aspect of cooking at home that people hate, right? Is the cleanup. And so Epicure, because of silicone, everything rinses off. It's dishwasher safe. It makes that super easy as well. Um, And then on the food end, the Mexican kit, I just love that one who doesn't love taco Tuesdays, um, and being able to do it in a way that just has a lot less sodium in it. Like I feel like when I eat Mexican at a restaurant, I'm drinking water for days. Um, ours is just low sodium, low sugar, and doesn't have preservatives and it's just full of flavor. So best fiesta in your mouth ever. Yes. And the guacamole mix.
0: So good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so much flavor with just, I mean, I even, I don't even use the full amount of seasoning cause it's that it calls for because it has so much flavor in it. I love it so much. It's addicting. All right. So how can anybody, if they're interested in checking out Epicure or, you know, whether it's, they want to check out the food aspect or maybe the business opportunity aspect, how can they find you, Christine?
1: Yeah. So, um, if they would like to purchase the products, they can just go to epicure.com and they can do a search for consultants in their area. Local consultant can serve them, um, in that aspect. Uh, if they'd love to talk about the business opportunity, they can also use the website. And of course, if anyone, um, wants to talk to me directly, they can reach me at Louie L O U I E C J at gmail.com.
0: Thank you so much, Christine, for being my guest this week. I've loved chatting about direct sales with you and things that work, things that don't work because they don't always work, but that's okay because you just keep trying something new and and you never know. Like you said, you'll give it, you'll give it a while. Those text message host coaching (laughs) that process, you're going to give it a while and Hey, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe it'll click with different hostesses and maybe somebody will love it. So thanks so much for sharing all your great tips and all your great advice. I have loved chatting with you about food and rec sales and everything in between. So thanks again for being here today. Thank you. I'd love to keep the conversation going and I'd love to get to know you better. Join our free community group, the directly different collaborative over on Facebook. There, you will find like-minded friends from the direct sales industry and you'll be able to ask questions and get feedback on the things you need help with. You'll find a link to the group in the show notes. One more thing, if you know of a person in the direct sales industry that you look up to and admire and you've always wanted to just ask them all the questions, I would love to chat with them. Shoot me an email with their name at at gmail.com and they could be a future guest on the podcast. Thanks, guys.